What's up, guys? It's Casey. And I get it. Sometimes it might not be feasible to join our live collective. And if you're someone who is totally cool studying alone, we've got you. That's right. We put our heads together and we created one of the coolest packages ever, I must say. It's called the Digital Study Must-Haves Bundle. It's going to come with 20 on-demand classes. So that's all of our live classes recorded over 50 hours. We take you through the entire fifth edition, take the notes with you. We keep it real raw and relatable. You have access to those videos for two and a half months. It also comes with our amazing collective homework packet. So after you sit with us and take your beautiful notes and do your readings, because we know your teacher's pets, you're going to be able to apply your knowledge and practice, practice, practice with over 100 pages of fun ass shit. Not only that, it also comes with the entire BCBA exam mini mock task list bundle. That's nine mini mocks that match the nine sections of the BCBA exam task list. Each one will have 25 questions, so that totals 225 questions. And guess what? All of these are different from the full mock that also comes with this package. It keeps getting better. You get to pick your own full 185 question BCBA mock exam so you can test yourself. And guess what? You get to keep your feedback for over a whole year. So remember, studying doesn't have to suck. And if you can't be with us live, we've got you on demand. Head over to studynotesaba.com. Love you. Mean it. Study Notes ABA. ABA and a little X right away. It's behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here with episode 141. Casey, take it away. 141. What the F is somatic therapy and is it fun? Great question. I'm wondering the same thing. So we're going to find out Good today. We have a guest who is a profesh in this. Exactly. But before we get to our guest, you know, we like to toot our own horn first. Remember how important we are before we build this person up and you guys will be so excited too. So Casey, can you give us our review of the day? I sure can. All right. And I want to just thank you guys. There have been so many new reviews on Apple podcast. Wait, really? Yeah. Uh, there has been. Your and threats I even are really I working. Any, I feel like I have not even been using threats lately. So that's good to know. Okay. <laughs> No, they are. So this came in from Champs422. So happy you two exist. I just listened to my first podcast. Love you guys. I have been following on Instagram for a couple months now. I just started my core classes at Purdue University Global, and you guys have helped me so much. I finally have the Cooper book. I save all your visuals and try to make my own for studying. I am so grateful that I can utilize your community to support my learning journey in ABA. I have six classes left till the exam, and I feel so comforted to know there is a resource as great as what you have created. I'll be along for the ride and can't wait to listen to more podcasts. Thank you. Oh, my heart. This is why we do what we do. I know. Seriously, to get these is amazing. It's everything worth it. All the bad days, hard days, late nights, tired mornings, mind Fs when you can't learn a concept. (laughs) (laughs) Non-equivalent, yeah. So guys, thanks for leaving those reviews. And I guess 
if it was because of a threat, I'll continue to threaten you and tell you, please leave a five-star review with feedback. We really love it. And I can't tell you how excited it makes us every time we see one. And if you don't work well off threats, please go leave us a review. It would be so sweet. It would mean the world to us. And if it's okay. a bad one, you can just email me. Thank you. <laughs> and if it's a e- bad one, you could keep it to yourself. No, I'm kidding. You could send an email to us, but you don't really need to put it out for the public. Come on. Even if I don't like food at a restaurant, I still don't leave a bad Yelp review because that's their entire livelihood. Totally. Okay, so just think about that potentially. All right, time to figure out what our behavioral principles will be today. Can you let us know, behavioral robot? Sure thing. Today we will be covering private behavior, private event, self-management, goal setting, assessment, punishment, reinforcement, behavior, momentum, response prompts, stimulus prompts, Target behaviors, maintenance of the behaviors, determinism, data, precursor behaviors, and temporal relations. Okay, so without further ado, I am really excited about today's guest, and her name is Kelly Hogue. And she has a Bachelor's of Science in Psychology and Master's of Science in Applied Behavior Analysis. She is also a Certified Integrative Health Coach, a Certified Love Vibe Facilitator. I can't wait to learn more about that. Me too. She holds certifications in Integrative Somatic Parts Work, Level 1 and 2, Soul Flow, Embodied Movement. She's trained in Meditation and Self-Healing, and she's the founder of Root to Rise, where she's your guide and advocate to support and trust yourself and live in alignment with your authenticity. Damn girl, I need you. And I'm sure our listeners do too. <laughs> so Kelly, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. You're, thank you for coming. I mean, I know that we've had a few mishaps of cancellations and we're finally here. So this is great. Yeah, it's it happens when it's meant to be, you know? I 100% agree with that. <laughs> All right. It's so- actually, we, we've done a lot of episodes in this past six months. And, you know, I know some people have been like, oh, I'm nervous. It's behavior bitches. It's not seeming as behavioral anymore. And first of all, we're always behavioral. We're the behavior bitches. Okay. But also, we're, we're, we've been putting a lot of emphasis on a lot of private events. Okay. And a lot of behaviors that Yes, there are behaviors that maybe you're not seeing someone biting their nail, or you might be seeing them biting their nail as a result, or someone you may not see them, you know, throwing spitballs at someone or whatever it is. But these private events that a lot of us hold, these are those events that, you know, as radical behaviorists, we acknowledge, such as, you know, thinking or, you know, having those anxious thoughts or experiencing pain. Like you could also have that physical pain on the inside. Stomach you know, aches, Someone headaches. else. Yeah. Headaches, stomach aches, different things that you can't say they're not happening because they really are. And they impact so much of our lives and how we feel and how we cope day to day. And so that's really been the emphasis of this last, I'd say six months. And today also is exploring that further And that's why I'm so excited to have Kelly here, because I know you have both the behavioral background and you're doing something else 
And I'm sure you're tying that into your practice as well, just your understanding of behavior. Yeah. I mean, I call myself a somatic behavioral therapist. So if the people want behavior, we can talk behavior (laughs) and how it is all intertwined. I mean, that's my entire MO is how we bridge the gap between interior and exterior and mind and body and thought and behavior. So Let's do it. Let's Can go. you tell us what a somatic therapist is? I mean, I have a lot to ask. This love vibe facilitator, I definitely <laughs> need to ask about. But I, I, I think I know... we all need a little bit of a love vibe these days. <laughs> we need any help we could get. But the 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 somatic part of it. Can you operationally define like what that is, or you know what yeah. this approach is? So I I summarize it by saying I help people trust themselves by connecting to the stuck emotions and beliefs that are in their body. So somatic means body. And so I call it body-based therapy, whereas a traditional, you know, CBT talk therapy, it's a lot of mind and thought and talking. And with somatic therapy, it's much more body-based. It's going into your subconscious. It's noticing sensations in your body. Um, Sometimes in sessions, my clients will have their eyes closed. There's a lot less talking, a lot less mind, which is so fun. <laughs> and a lot of the time when I when I talk about what I do, people are like, what? Yeah. And it's one part of it is like, once you, once you know, you know, like once you have a somatic therapy session, you're like, oh yeah, that was crazy and amazing. And I don't even know how to explain that. And then also part of my work as an entrepreneur and just someone who wants to disseminate this work, there's also got to be a way that you can talk about it and allow people to have that felt sense just from the way that you um, communicate about somatic work. So I'm excited to, maybe we can do a little bit of both today. (laughs) Perfect. Absolutely. Let's give Casey a somatic therapy session. <laughs> Here I am. Great. I <laughs> it's interesting because I actually work best. I've noticed I'm not big on Instagram because I, I've noticed that I work really well in response to other people. So I'm not out here like writing Instagram captions. That's just not good for me personally, but I'm so good at when people come to me with a question or with a um, challenge and responding to that. So that's just something that I want to, A, like, notice my own expertise and B, if there is anyone who feels like they have to be on Instagram to be able to support their business, it's not true. Like the year that I went off Instagram, my business, like literally I doubled my income for the year prior, halfway through the year of that year. Holy shit, I know because you're doing what you're good at. I followed what actually felt true for me. Yeah. Unreal. Wow. Okay. Okay. I just want to back up and let me just (laughs) like back up a little bit because I want people to understand who Kelly is and, you know, people out there listening, a lot of people are in their master's programs, um, you know, following that trajectory to becoming a board certified behavior analyst. And um, I think one of the biggest goals of our podcast is to show that, you know, it isn't just that pigeonhole into autism and you can do a lot of things, but it takes being, like you said, an entrepreneur and working your ass off. So Tell us a little bit about Kelly and how this all came to be. Sure. So it starts It starts a little bit with the backstory of my parents. My mom is an entrepreneur and she worked out of our house my whole life. My dad is an actor. So he had kind of, un- they both had an unconventional schedule. And I just grew up thinking that that was the norm. And my dad was always and is always very mindful. He got really big into Buddhism. We would take meditation classes together and truly from like the first grade, I wanted to be a therapist. 
And I went to school for psychology and I got into ABA as a lot of people do when I hear the story, like kind of accidentally. But when I was doing it, I was like, I love this. How do I do more of this? I want to do this forever. And everyone was like, go get your master's in ABA. So I did right literally one month after I finished my bachelor's, I went and I started my master's in ABA and I was working for an agency, um, working pretty much exclusively, exclusively with kids with autism and climbing that ladder, getting all my supervision hours and all that. And there was this moment when I finished my degree and I had gotten the promotion and I was about to sit for the exam. And it was like a, that top of a cliff moment. It's like, are you going to jump? Because I had this gut feeling that was saying, Kel, there's more. Like, if you do this and if you accept this, this is going to be what you're going to do forever. But are you going to follow this riskier part of you that knows that there's more, even though you might not know what that is right now? Like, are you willing to trust yourself and have your own back and kind of jump into this unknown? And so I quit the company and I told them I really want to bridge my two passions, my my expertise, my education and behavior, but also my passion for mindful mindfulness and um, like more accessible habit change. And they were like, go girl, go run off. So that was great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, me too. I wasn't expecting that. But yeah. uh, I moved back to New York. I was in LA at the time. I moved back home and I thought, how do I bridge this? I feel like I need some kind of additional, uh, something to bridge the gap. So I ended up getting a certification in um, integrative health coaching, which is really about a holistic approach to health, food, mind, body, exercise, all these things. Meanwhile, I'm building my business because I told myself I would never work for anyone again. (laughs) So I'm building my business and I am determined, like I was going to do whatever it takes. I was working at a Pilates studio behind the desk, a yoga studio. I was waitressing. I was waking up at 4am to go like make espressos for these fabulous women. I was working at the Jane Hotel, if anyone in New York knows. <laughs> and these women would come in there for brunch. And I'd be working the brunch shift trying to build my business. They would come in for brunch. They would sit in this beautiful restaurant with their chic outfits and order their matchas. And I was like, this is going to be me. This is going to be me. I want to go to a midday brunch with cool women who are inspiring. And I'm building my business. And I have this flexibility. And I was set. Like I can picture it perfectly in my mind right now. And so I did, I did, I worked my ass off and I just felt the passion and I knew I took that chance on myself for a reason. And I kept doing whatever it took. And for a while it took working these odd jobs so that I could build my business in a way that felt good for me. And now almost eight years later, I am very happy to report that I am having fabulous brunches all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about the brunches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. I, I, we can talk about this part more, but the reason why I really went into somatic work was because in getting these certifications, um, I, I developed these eating disorders and this, um, like I was using exercise as punishment and all these things because I was getting so much information from the health coaching certification where it was like, try keto and, um, try this kind of exercise. And I was like, Oh, I got to try it all to be able to speak about it. Tried it all. And I had this breakdown because I said to myself, why do I have a degree? First of all, I have a degree in psychology. I have a degree in behavior. And now I'm a health coach and I have multiple eating disorders. Like this is not okay. And so it, it, 
I, I said to myself, there's, there's gotta be something more. Like there's obviously a missing piece to this. And that's where somatic work came in for me. I mean, I could imagine all that, like the, I, I actually live with someone when I was in Austin. I love her. And she was always into like the health, the natural, the this, like she went to the, this like top vegan culinary school also. Uh, it's called the Natural Epicurean. It was amazing being her roommate because she cooked me all the food she was practicing. It was amazing. And then she was in her nutrition program. But it did get to the point of like almost driving her into, I don't know, like insanity in a sense, like so like preachy and all these different things about it. And it's so crazy because now I talk to her and she's like, Leah, you wouldn't believe it. I'm like, what? She's like, I eat fish. I'm like, dude, I knew you ate my ice cream in the freezer that one time in, in, when we lived together in Austin. Vegan bitch. Yeah, I was like, dude, and you know sure as shit that Ben and Jerry's was not vegan. And she's like, I cannot believe it. And she's like, I do sometimes. Oh, my God. But um, actually, it's funny. She came on our podcast a while ago about intuitive eating because that's where like hers led her to, you know, as opposed to like all this like rigid. Yeah. Um, part, but it's interesting how we get to the place that like our own MOs lead us to solving something for ourselves and, and therefore being able to help others. So it I seems this, like that's what happened to you too. Yeah. I heard this quote one time and it was find the thing that breaks your heart and that's where your passion is. Wow. I know. That's what I always said. I wanted to be, if I did not do ABA, I would be in the breakup business. Like mm -hmm. I am passionate about that. Like I think it is like, there's no worse pain in the world. Yeah. Yeah. That was another part of my journey too. I went through this and this heart wrenching breakup, this person that I thought I was going to marry dumped me beginning of COVID. We lived together and I was shattered, shattered. There's and no worse pain. Oh my, I thought I was going to die. Mm. Yeah, I like oh, I tried died. dying before. I've like tried dying before after a breakup. So <laughs> oh, I get it. Yeah, I was sick. And and I said to the universe, like, help. I don't know what kind of help I need, but I need something. And I started working with this somatic therapist. And I realized that there was so much happening under the surface that I wasn't even aware of that had really contributed to my breakup that I was able to take ownership of and move through. And I say all the time that breakup was one of the best blessings of my whole life because it cracked me open. I was so closed off before that breakup. I had walls up. Like I was in my Capricorn, like professionalism, not letting anyone in. And that breakup cracked me open. And then all the somatic work that I, that I did after that just made me like re-fall in love with life and with myself. So I have a question because I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know, wondering like, what are some of the typical people who reach out to you? Because I saw like a ton of good, uh, amazing testimonials on your Root to Rise Health um, website, which we will share in the chat. Um, but what are you seeing as some of your typical clientele? And what does like a session kind of look like? Yeah. So a lot of people will come to me who... Typically, they've already gone to some kind of talk therapy. They have familiarity in that. And they're like, I want more. I want deeper. And I want more. And so they'll come to me because I do 
exactly what I said. It's the internal and the external. It's less about, I've worked with traditional therapists before and there's a season for everything. It's not about bashing anything and anything's better than anything else. But there is a time where you want more than reflection and more than just thoughts. And so what I do with my clients is help them drop down to that deeper stuff that they're not even necessarily consciously aware is affecting them now. So a lot of time in the beginning of session, um, we'll talk about whatever's coming up, a challenge that's coming up. It could be dating. It could be um, sex. It could be a career transition that they have a desire for. It could be family stuff, just the things that you would go to therapy for, right? For extra support. Um, a lot of transitions too. And I'll wait for the moment. I <laughs> a joke that I, I might do detective work. I wait for the moment where I'm like, oh, that's the thing, right? Like that's the thing you're here for. And then we'll go in into that place. And so I'll typically have them kind of brown their bodies down, close their eyes. And somatic work is really about sensation. So your your body speaks to you through sensation. That's the language of your body. And if you feel for you guys, like if you feel anxiety. Where do you feel anxiety typically in your body? Mm -hmm. Is it in your chest? Is it in your belly? Like I know I got like a really squiggly belly. I just My actually, te I was texting Leah on yesterday. Today is, I don't, Sunday. Monday. I was like, I was sick all weekend. And she's like, sick like what? I'm like, I don't know, like my stomach hurt. I wanted to mm. lay in a dark room. I didn't want any stimulation. I, you know, typically enjoy weekends and it's like, I wasn't enjoying a weekend, which is like, it's actually better to be sick during the weekday because then you can maybe have a day off. But no, it's like, I felt fine during the weekday. But in the weekend, I was like, definitely that feeling of like, bloaty, gassy, but I wasn't eating, but I was just feeling this like, not just like wiggle around my belly for mm. the whole time. Yeah. Are there emotions that you're not processing, Casey? Fuck you, but yes. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I asked her that day. I said, Case. I was like, Well, like she just wrote in the chat. Dealing with a lot right now. Like a lot. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing you said is transitions. And transitions in life are really hard, especially like I'm a cancer and um that home to me is very important and security and comfort and you know the typical status quo. So this looming change that's coming up for me, which is a, a big move across the country is of course, it's going to be causing different emotions to come up. And I'm, you know, I'm seeing them in my physical body where I'm like, Oh, it's heavy. Yeah. And so that's, that's your body inviting you to go deeper into what's happening there. And especially with the transition, that's when there's these bouts of unknown, like the edge of the cliff. Oh my God, what's going to happen next? And this is why I'm so big on self-trust because that's, that's at the end of the day, self-trust is how we are able to navigate these changes and these transitions with integrity, in alignment with our values, with joy, with pleasure, with play, with authenticity. Yeah. Which happens by going under the surface and like you can write your gratitude list and you can meditate when really you're just like going through your to-do list for the day and <laughs> you can <laughs> drink like a matcha instead of a coffee. But I call that scraping the pond scum. Like that's just the pond scum. All the other stuff is under it's the still, surface. Yeah. Yeah. Scraping the pond scum. <laughs> that is, I see that visually. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like, oh, well, today I did my favorite dance workout and, you know, I hydrated and, you know, I finished all my to-do lists. But mm-hmm. in reality, it's totally just like, okay, but what about all the weeds underneath and all yes. the shit that you still need to investigate and clear up and yeah. you know, make plans for? And when I say this, a lot of time people will say, but I don't know how, like, I know that I feel some sadness or I feel some anxiety, but I don't know. I don't even know how to process that. I don't even know what that means. And so that's a lot of the work that I do too, is really meeting your emotions and understanding that you can feel them fully, the spectrum of them and be okay. A lot of time people will say like, I'm scared if I go into that emotion and I go into the depths of the water, I won't be able to come back. Right. Yeah. And so once you touch it, and this is the beauty of being held in, in, sessions by someone who can guide you in there in a way that's really gentle on your nervous system. And I'm really big on that. Like growth doesn't have to be this big, crack you open, scary cliff jump. It doesn't have to be. Sometimes it is, but it can also be sweet and gentle and you can be supported and guided and we can laugh in sessions and we can like joke around. It gets to be, I think growth gets to be pleasurable and playful if you allow it to be. Love this too much. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just sitting here thinking about the somatic like mind-body connection. So I am an Orthodox Jew. So that means every Friday night to Saturday night, I'm off my phone. I'm like, you're not using electricity. I mean, whatever's left on, you could leave on, you know, but it's like, but like there's no TV on, you're not on your phone, you're not doing any of that, you're not driving. And I have lupus. Which, like, there definitely was a mental connection to, like, it was literally, like, crazy. I found out my dad had cancer, and the next day I woke up not able to move. Mm. It was, like, like there was definitely, like, a stress trigger in my body. And, I mean, yeah. maybe it was laying dormant there. But, anyway, so whenever a Jewish holiday would come, which is, like, essentially another Shabbat, like, a day that you can't do anything, or on Shabbat, that would be the time I got sick. It's like, that's when I'd end up in the hospital. And it was almost like, whoa, I had no other distractions in the world. It was like, now I had to deal with how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. It was like way too, like I, and in our society, like that is, if you think about it, it's actually crazy to not have one distraction from yourself. Like you are just there yourself, your thoughts, your situation. Mm-hmm. And I mean, yeah, I could read a book, but like, it, it's it's not the same as like the, like, oh, let me run some errands. Let me do these returns. Let me do this. Yeah. And I was finding I was getting sick always on the holidays. My parents would be like, and that's like the one time that you're meant to be home, whatever it is, but like sick to where I'd be like hospitalized and they, they'd see real, like it was an actual flare up, right? Like my numbers were elevated, my this, my that. And it's like, okay. My understanding of behavior, right? Like there, there's definitely a correlation there. Like the temporal relation, it was like, okay, it's time for this. Now time to get sick. Mm-hmm. Or it was like, I'm ignoring myself for so long the rest of the week that when my body could finally be heard, it's like, mm-hmm. I'm tired. I'm hurting. I'm crying like, for help, please. Yeah. Like th- this is time. Like now it's like before it's too late, it's like now you need to get into the hospital. You know, like you could have taken care of this before. Uh, so like, I, I mean, would that be an example of like this whole like somatic mind body connection? 
Yeah, I mean, there's a that's an exaggerated example of this. I work a lot with the small shifts, like the belly ache, what's under that belly ache of anxiety, right? Like we want, and, and the reason for that, the reason that I work with the small shifts is so it doesn't get to that point. That's what so I'm saying. Like I was able yeah. to avoid it so much. It's almost like the precursor behaviors to the like giant tantrum right. or like giant self-injurious behavior. Right. Yeah. And if you can catch it before it gets there. I remember I did EMDR and a, a lot of what we did when I was in it was I was had my eyes shut and I was focusing on different colors I saw um, or different, you know, where, you know, where I felt that pain of that memory in my body. And it was interesting to see the different traumas and where they lived. Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. think I ever fully worked through moving them out of there, but mm-hmm. I started realizing, oh, that hurt my right hip. Like, that's weird. Like, why is that hurting right now when it didn't hurt five seconds ago? Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's a fascinating. Hold, yeah. The body is so interesting. It is so fascinating and it's so wise. And it also is has such a strong protection and defense mechanism. And I work a lot with something called integrative somatic parts work, which is also known as, um, it's similar to internal family systems. So it's getting to know all these parts of you that are there. And we have such strong protectors that are parts of us. The part that's like, oh, you cannot let your to-do list go and feel these feelings right now. Oh, you cannot relax. You have too much to do. You're going to fall behind. All of these, like, do not, don't you dare break the status quo. Don't you dare follow your intuition because that means you're not going to be safe because it's unknown. And so our mind is constantly trying to keep us safe, but it's outdated. So the more that we can see that part of us and say like, okay, I see, I see what's happening right now. This is a part of me that's here to keep me safe. Hi, part. Hi, scared part. I see you. (laughs) Thank you for being here because you're actually doing a really great job at the job that you're meant to do. So thank you. And let's try something new because I'm actually who I am today, present day me. I've got this. So trust me for a second. I've got you. I hear you. But let's try something new. So you're not suppressing it down to the bottom of the lake (laughs) and you're not making it wrong. Right. Because then you just get in the spiral of making yourself wrong and, and being your own worst critic. You're validating it. You're seeing your strengths for what they are. And then you're able to rewrite this belief into something new. And that's how you build self trust. So I know when we talked before, like one of the biggest things is kind of, you know, in your session identifying. So you're basically running like some assessments with them. You're asking them questions, you're interviewing them. um, And then are you giving them things to do after they leave? Like what, like, you know, like I love good, clear objectives and like, I want to be able to check that off and. And, yes. and show it. <laughs> <laughs> me too. And this is where the behavior piece comes in. And this yeah. is why I think like working with me is, is special because it's both. And that's another thing about, you know, traditional therapy. People will be like, well, what do I do with the information that I have, with the knowledge that I have? What do I do now? And so I'll end almost every session with some kind of takeaway or an invitation for them, um, for my clients. And when they come back the next week, if they didn't do it, that's amazing data. Great. Something was misaligned. If they did do it, they can now report back and we can go a layer deeper. So I'm big on the, on the action steps for sure. 
And the data is like, yeah, like you said, if they didn't do it, well, like, okay, there's now there's a reason probably deeper why they didn't do it and something they're avoiding or trying to escape. Yeah, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, one, so of my favorite, one of my favorite, one of my favorite, like takeaways is creating physical visual reminders of the patterns you're trying to shift and um, the you, the parts of you that you want to pay more attention to. So I'm always saying like, once you go there and once you touch these parts and you find the part of you that you want to express more of, like the confident you, the really playful you, the sexy you, if you want to express more of that part and less of the fearful part or less of the anxiety part, create a physical reminder in your space, make your phone background a sexy picture of you, put a post-it on your wall about, you know, a reminder that you can embody that play dress up in the, in the morning. Like, how does this part of me want to dress today? What music make a playlist for her? What kind of music does she want to listen to on the commute? There's all these ways that you can take what we've done and then apply it to your day to day so that you're strengthening these patterns. Cause if we're meeting, you know, once a week or every other week, there's all this time in between that you get to still play and and try these things on. So this is behaviorally speaking, if anyone's listening, are you thinking of these as potentially some stimulus prompts, right? Making and reminders and response prompts, right? Those stimulus prompts doing something to the stimuli in the environment to increase the likelihood you engage in whatever behavior or, you know, persona that you're trying to uh, emulate Mm -hmm. or the response prompts, like with those reminders, like telling yourself what to do, right? So like if you have something on the back of your phone that's like put the sexy dress on, right? That's that response prompt telling you exactly what to do. And there's another behavior principle I heard you talking about here. So I just have to call it out for anyone studying. You were saying when, when you give someone an assignment and they're coming back and it's not done, okay? And it actually reminds me a little bit of like Casey and my friendship because when I like when I see her in pain, I'm like hurt. Like I like, and I'm like thinking of everything we could do. So like, even when I'd be like, okay, Casey, remember you're gonna read ten pages a day and you're gonna report back to me, right? But what you said, you're like, okay, there's a there's a reason that someone's not, and that means that you're leading with that understanding of determinism, right? That there's a reason for everything that happens. It's not just because someone. Because if someone wanted to do it or was able to do it, they would do it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there has to be some sort of like, there. there's a reason there. Something doesn't just not happen or happen. You're saying like, okay, so let's actually explore as to why it didn't happen. Now, I'm not an actual therapist. So anything I do is just me trying to base off anything that I read about or whatever. And just because I'm like, when I want to help someone... I try whatever I can. And so I do realize I practice out of my lane, but I try. Uh, Or I just like try use what I've learned in therapy from different areas. But when you said that, I was like, wow, like you are looking at that, that even the things that someone doesn't do are also a result of that determinism. Well, what I heard the other day, I watched this um, morning show. There's a band called Recycled Percussion. They are local to New Hampshire. They do a shit ton with people with disabilities. They run Chaos and Kindness, which is um, a show, um, you know, all about 
individuals with disability. Their stores are run by individuals with disabilities. And every morning they have this 8 a.m. Facebook Live, uh, just uh, talk. Sh- it's like a little mini podcast. But it's called Crush the Fuck Morning Show. And what he said this morning that like made me like laugh and I kind of like realized this. He's like, saying you don't have time for something is a fucking excuse. You oh, can yeah. make time for the things you want to make time for. So if Liat did, you know, say, oh, why didn't you read those 10 pages in that book? And I'm like, oh, well, I was just so busy and didn't have time. It's such an excuse. It's like, no, I could have. There's not like there is enough time in the day to like fit in those things that you need to fit in. Mm-hmm. It's making choices that you if you didn't want to do them. Yeah, we we prioritize the things that we value. And that goes for time and money too, because money can be an excuse. If you look at like, where are you for, for me, I spend a lot of money on my gym membership a lot because I go every single day and I want to have an elevated experience and I can walk to my gym. But then I, other times there are other things that may cause less that I say like, Oh, I, I'm not going to spend the money on that. Right. Because I just don't value that as much. So oftentimes when it comes to time, like the excuse of time, the excuse of money, if you actually come back to it, it's do I believe that this is going to make a shift? Do I actually believe in the thing? So if if you guys are talking about like reading 10 pages of a book and reporting back, it's like, do I believe that this is actually going to help me? And do I believe in myself that I'll be able to create the change that I want to create? And again, it comes back to underneath the pond scum, right? Like what are all these things down in my body that are preventing me from getting there and creating this resistance? Am I scared that if I do it, I'm actually going to change? What would a change mean? It means that I'm in a new cycle of growth that I haven't been in. And that could be scary, right? So there's all these, these reasons that we come up with excuses, but again, meeting them with sweetness and being gentle and saying like, okay, you know, if a client comes back to the next week and they say, yeah, I didn't do it. Like, great. Okay. Perfect. There's this for a reason. There's a part of you that didn't want to do it. Let's feel into that part and find out what they actually need. Totally. Um, so cool. one of the like I last questions I have for you and Leah, you can say too, but like, and you kind of have touched on this, but how do you feel that your knowledge of having a master's in ABA has helped you with the somatic therapy and integration? Yeah. Yeah. I really pride myself on, on targeting the behavior piece. And when I first started doing this, it was a lot more prominent and now it's, 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 they're more balanced out the somatic work and the behavior piece. But a lot of it is, is yeah. What happens after a session, what's happening between you and you when I'm not there holding you, are you able to build on these? How can we, and how can you build on these smaller behaviors and create the momentum and find ways to, for you to create these shifts that are true for you and authentic, authentic to you but that are also reinforcing that feel good. I mean, I'm in the business of helping people feel good. If we're doing something and it feels bad, (laughs) that's not serving a purpose. Like I'm not going to force you to do anything. So how do we find like this intrinsic motivation and reinforcement for you to feel like you can work with me? And then once we're finished, you're, you've got you. Like, I want you to trust yourself more than you ever trust me. And that comes with you figuring out what is reinforcing, what is true, what is aligned with my values and how can I continue to build on this in a way that creates sustainable behavior change. So with this, I know like a lot of talk therapy, let's say is kind of, because a lot of the trauma stuff is a lot of unprocessed stuff, right? It's like a lot of, wow, 
I, I can't even go back there to think of like what I dealt with. And so this is not talk therapy, but how is someone like, how is someone able to, like, is this something you think should be used along with talk therapy separately for someone to, or you're saying some people aren't even able to, like, how are they essentially working through that trauma? So it's, I hear what you're saying. What I do is is a hybrid of a few different modalities. So it's creating safety, not between you and I. I you can make yourself feel safe and I could hold that space for you to do that. So you finding safety in your own body. And then I will guide you in to explore what's beneath the surface. So if you have that anxiety in your belly every time you think about um, like going on a second date with someone and there's some resistance there, what's under that? And so I'll guide my clients into this sensory experience of how long has this stomach ache been here? And they'll be like, since I was five. It feels like it's been there since I'm five. Great. What happened when you were five? This terrible thing happened to me that has now, um, you know, my, my dad left and I'm in fear of abandonment, right? So then we, we use the body as uh, an entry point to these stored memories and these stored beliefs. And from that place, we get to find compassion for them. We validate these protector parts, right? And then we're able to rewrite based on present day you what's true now. I always think of that, like my fears or my like, I, I've, I, what I've learned to tell myself is that like anything, Casey, that is not reality and that has not happened. It's trauma that's, you know, from my past, but like my current self, my current, you know, where I've grown in my life. I'm like, that's not even reality. That consequence hasn't happened. You are believing it. It's going to happen because of what you went through, but it's not true in the moment right now. I would, I would invite you, Casey, to give yourself even more compassion in those moments and see Mm -hmm. where you could say to yourself for a part of me, for a younger part of me that went through something hard, that is that part's reality. So let Mm -hmm. me give that part some compassion validation say like, you know what part I see you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And let's try something new because present me has a new idea. Let's try it. I've got your back. I love that. And when I say this, this is literally what I have my clients and what I use myself. I, I'm literally saying this to parts. Like, mm-hmm. hand on body, eyes closed. Like, hi. Hi, part of me. I see you. Thank you for being here. I understand that you're feeling scared or upset or mad. I've got you. It's so beautiful. I just love your energy, too. I think that you are wonderful. So Thanks. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean... I, I just feel like my eyes have been open to so many different ways that people are exploring, like, again, these these private events that people are dealing with. And, you know, I one thing I always said before ever being diagnosed with lupus is I always said, like, out loud, <laughs> like, when going through breakups or different things, I'd say, I would rather have the worst physical pain in the world than emotional pain. And and then I was diagnosed with lupus and literally watched at a different time, watched my fingers decompose in front of me, which is like no pain ever Imagine. when I lost some of my fingers. And 
I so I've gone through the physical pain and I've gone through emotional pain and I still stand strong that I would rather go through that physical pain. And so I'm so happy to hear about these different ways that people are acknowledging and exploring, you know, the space of like, how can we heal those emotional or internal wounds? And, Mm -hmm. you know, and it, and it, because essentially these things we go through are invisible or private, a lot of times they get ignored. And so what I, what I like about the somatic part is that a lot of people need some kind of like physical proof to believe something, you know, or, you know, I know even with having lupus, it was always hard, like calling in sick for work. They'd be like, oh, you don't feel great. None of us feel great on a Monday. We're all hungover. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, 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 you don't understand. Like I'm really ill, you know? Yeah. Um, and so being able to connect that this is just as real. This is a physical, like this is like, if you actually stop and feel in you where this is hurting, you know, and mm-hmm. acknowledging I that, I think, that. It, I, I think it will also allow people to have some more compassion on themselves if they yeah. realize like it's not just me being weak it's it's I'm, I'm, there's actually a feeling here you know yeah 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 and I, I think yeah, that's I, awesome yeah the validation is important and it's also you don't have to grin and bear it and fight through it you can be supported it can feel gentle it can feel sweet it can feel compassionate it can feel loving all right so tell me where can people find you my everything is Root to Rise Health. My website is Root to Rise Health. I said in the beginning, I'm not on Instagram <laughs> much. I, it's so but... funny. I was searching you on Instagram earlier, right before. She's like, is she on Instagram? And I was like watching a video and it was like a live of you, but your hair was short. So that must have been a long time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I mean, I have I have things on there and I do. I have a, um, a monthly membership community where we come on and we do somatic practices once a month that I lead. And I do post private stories to that group about teachings and just behind the scenes. So I'm in DMs there, but I don't Mm -hmm. spend time writing captions or taking photos. So (laughs) rootrisehealth.com, that's where to find me. And can it be done? So I know you have that group, but if someone's looking for like one-on-one, can it be done remotely? Yeah, I do almost all my clients virtually. So I have um, a link for a free call on my website that you can book and we can feel into it together. I love this. Well, I want to say thank you so much for reaching out. And I'm so happy that we could have this conversation. And again, I had never heard of somatic work, neither had Liat. So I'm sure a lot of our listeners are also probably like, whoa, this is actually really cool. Yay. Yeah. The fact that you're tying in the behavioral aspects um, with the physical and the body is awesome. So thank you for all you're you're doing and thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And Kelly, you're amazing. As always, you know where to find us. You can find us on BehaviorBitches.com, Facebook, Behavior Bitches Podcast, Instagram, Behavior Bitches Podcast. And go ahead, leave us a five-star review wherever you can and so we could read it on the show and make ourselves happy. That's all we have for today. So as always, love ya. Mean it.
Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 